This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 102, Talking Heroclix, Clicksmith's Edition. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. This is episode 102, Talking Hero Clicks, Clicksmith Edition, and I am your host, Adam Chapman. Uh, for those who have followed our Talking Hero Clicks episodes in the past, normally it's myself sitting it down with uh, one of a variety of different special guests we've had in the past. Uh, today, uh, we were originally scheduled to have with us in the studio Amber Struck, Nathan Struck, and uh, Tom Kerr, uh, as well as Leonor Alana. Uh, unfortunately, life has conspired to make this impossible. Um, the, um, the first thing I want to recognize uh, for the fans of the show, I just wanted to uh, shout out to uh, Leon, actually, as he uh, he had the best reason to not be able to make it to Clixmas uh, this time around, as on uh, Saturday the 17th, he actually welcomed into the world his uh, his baby boy, uh, Aiden Norlana, was born, and uh, so obviously he's uh, taking care of the little one. Uh, with his wife Susan at home, so they were unable to make it, to, or he was unable to make it to Clicksmith this time around, uh, which also meant missing the podcast. And then when it came to uh, the Mr. Kerr as well as uh, Mr. And Mrs. Struck, uh, they were actually were around for the op- the big opening party that we had here at my house, uh, but. As the uh, the age old question, uh, would you rather talk about Heroclix or would you rather play Heroclix? So in this case, we in this case we actually uh, we decided you know what let's let's play a game, and we had a, it was actually a pretty fun game for the most part. Um, I'll get into the uh, a little bit more uh, detail there in a minute, um, but as a result, it did mean that by the time we were able to actually start doing the podcast, it was a little bit later than we'd expected, and everyone had to go. So it was kind of like oh well. I guess I'm doing a solo podcast about Heroclix. Never done that before. Um, so hopefully this this goes well. Now, this won't be a full episode. Uh, this will be a little bit shorter than would be normally. Uh, usually our Heroclix episodes can range anywhere from an hour to two hours, if not more than that. Obviously, this one will be a little bit shorter. Is it just me uh, just talking to a microphone? So I don't want to uh, bore those uh, listening too much, but uh, I'll, I'll talk a little bit uh, about what the uh, Clicksmith Day experience was like here in Canada for us. Uh, I'm sure there's tons of threads going up on HC Realms, both for experiences on what they pulled, how they pulled it, what was broken, and then, of course, the obligatory 800 trade threads that all go up at once, and everyone's trying to bump them all at the same time because they all want to make sure that someone sees their trade threat. It is, uh, it's always an interesting thing because really, I mean, if you're smart, you wait a little bit, but everyone's so full of this, uh, this, you know, opening day fever that they, they can't wait. They need, they need all these trades to be done. Um, uh, actually for those who remember the, uh, I think whenever the Amazing Spider-Man came out back then, uh, we'd done a podcast that day, and I was really sad because I hadn't really pulled any of the Slingers chases, which were my major gets for the set. I really needed to have all four of those, and I pulled none of them, and I was able to trade for one on opening day with Leon, but I was just so like disheartened because I didn't seem to get anything that I was really looking for, and then within, I think, two days, I had all the Slingers traded up for. So it was just this crazy, uh, you know, i got to make this happen as quickly as possible, and uh, that's what happened. Uh, so to rewind and talk about what Clicksmith was for us today, uh, so at this at the store we usually pick up our cases at, uh, they're not always, uh, um, let's be charitable, they're not always prompt in their delivery. Um, they get them like as a special, they don't always get uh, hero clicks in at this particular place, and so it's always a little bit of a, of a struggle sometimes to make sure that they're going to arrive on time. And as uh, we've always said in the past, amongst me and my friends, something always happens to kind of fuck up Clicksmas. Something always kind of, you know, doesn't quite go right. In this case, we knew a few days in advance, oh, Leon's not going to be joining us, which is weird because Leon's like, the rock he's always there like he's always there for clicksmiths it's always been him and i and then others have joined as well but him and i are we always go down and get our cases together we've done that for at least what two to three years i think it's three years now um so it was was the fact that he wasn't going to be there was kind of weird and strange so already things are a little bit different than normal um and so that was the the first thing that was going to make this clicksmith different uh so we decided i was going to meet up with uh the, the lovely and talented Mr. T- Tom Kerr, and we were going to meet and go and pick up these cases, and then we were going to pick up 
case for me, a case for Nate, two cases for Leon, and then we're going to then bring basically Leon's cases to his house as a home delivery system, basically, because he couldn't be out and you know coming over for uh, for HeroClix because he's obviously got what, a three or four day old. Um, so we thought, you know, we'll, we'll do the good thing. We'll we'll bring him some HeroClix, and maybe that'll that'll give us some good karma for our pulls. You know, most ridiculous bullshit, but it's interesting the the things we think about when we're you know when when we're buying HeroClix, we're like trying to get the right case, and you know, you're you're hoping it's the right one. It's the most ridiculous thing. Like we actually, Tom and I, we go to the store and we see the cases there, and uh, our good friend Mike White. I had already picked up his case, and even the the guy at the counter was like, "Yeah, he he picked it up, and he and he was holding it, and he was rubbing it, and thinking, I hope this is the one. I hope this is the case.' And that's it's so part of the HeroClix mindset. It's total luck, but it's also it's almost like a Schrodinger's HeroClix box, you know? Like before that box is open, it could be the dud that you know maybe the chase is damaged and half the figures are broken, and or you know or they all have the wrong cards or something weird, or you could have the lucky one." Uh, you could have, you know, or if it, if it was the Batman set, you could have the Bat Pack, you know, um, it, until that moment when you open it. Anything is possible, but you're hoping for the good luck, which is the most uh, ludicrous, uh, elusive concept. But I always find it interesting because we all do it. We all think about it. We all have that thought, like, oh, hopefully this is the one. We're, we're hoping for something. Um, and then, so we have these two cases. Now, this is, for me... For people who know me or have heard us talk about this in the podcast, I have in the past done something called Dirty Open, and I probably don't need to reference it. I'm sure when Nate listens to the podcast, he'll be like, really? You're going to talk about it again? But Dirty Open has generally been uh, what we call it when I just can't wait, and either we're taking public transit or whatever, where, wherever we are, I'm opening in the middle of doing that. Uh, in one case, I remember, I think it was DC-75, I was with Leon, and we're driving this car, and I can't wait, and I'm just ripping them open, and I'm in the, in the car just like grabbing things and he's just, and, and he's gleefully you know just like chuckling at, at how I just can't wait uh, to open up my hero clicks um, but this time I decided no uh, we're gonna wait we're gonna we're gonna wait like a civilized person and wait till we get back to the house um, and and then you know and, and hopefully hopefully we'll be able to open then or Nate was gonna be arriving at like 430 so we thought well maybe we'll have time uh, to open up some before he gets there, or what to do, and uh, Tom, the paragon of virtue and of patience, was like, "No, I, I'm gonna wait. I can wait." And I was like, "How are you doing that?" He's like, "I guess he bought his. I think he bought his uh, maybe earlier that day, earlier today, or maybe even last night somewhere. I don't. I don't know how he got them or when he got them, but he had his two bricks." that make up his case basically were already like he had them in a bag and he could have just opened them whenever he wanted but he's like no no I'm gonna I'm gonna wait I could wait you know I just bought a book I could read my book and I'm just like I don't know how you're doing that okay well inspired by by his patience I decided no I'm gonna wait I'm gonna wait as well and then on our way back from Leon's house it's now about an hour hour and 15 minutes uh, or so before we're going to be meeting up with Nate uh, come, dropping by my house to open HeroClix. Now, the reason why he couldn't join us was because, you know, he uh, he had said, you know, he, he was working through part of the day, and then he could he could come by, but he couldn't sit there next to HeroClix that were his and not open them, because the whole idea was that he was waiting for his wife to come with him because she she likes to take part in that opening process, and they hadn't done it together uh, opening Heroclix, that is, um, for quite some time. So this is a big deal that they're actually buying a case because for the last few sets he'd been buying CURs, but he was so excited. Like I, He was so excited for this set that he's like, if I was at your house and there was Heroclix next to me, I, I, I would have to open them. So he's like, I'm doing the right... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the best I can do is not come to your house, not think about it, wait for Amber to come off, get off work, and then I'm, I'm, I'm coming right there, and I'm coming for those zero clicks. You better have those ready. I need to open them. Um, so an hour and a half before, and I'm starting to feel, feel like I, 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 I want to open something. And uh, I'm like, well, what if, I, what if I just open a team base? And and uh, Tom just kind of laughs like, oh, if you need to. I'm like, no, you're not going to do it, so why am I going to do it? Uh, and then, actually, funnily enough, uh, today I also 
happened to pick up at my at uh, at the store uh, my copy of the uh, the Giant Man hero clip that I'd ordered through the store. And he's like, "Well, you could open that." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know what's in there. That's no surprise." He's like, "Yeah, but if you need to just have the feeling of opening and seeing something, at least that will satisfy your curiosity." I'm like, uh, "It's not really the same, but I appreciate it." <laughs> um, so him and I sit down. We have a, we have a meal. We're, we start watching uh, the Justice League uh, Flashpoint Paradox movie. Uh, although ironically, we never finished it because suddenly, uh, around four thirty, four forty, my my door just starts. You know, someone starts opening my door, and you can hear it straining against the lock. Uh, at my old house, often I would, if I knew Nate was coming, I would leave the door unlocked. For a while, he'd live with me, so it was, I mean, he didn't really feel like a guest. He just felt like you know extended family. So he's used to just walking in the house. Well, in, in our new house. We had come in the garage. I hadn't left it unlocked, so it's locked. So you can hear him going, what's going on here? What What is this? So I come to the door, and I unlock it, and I come on in. And he comes in, and he sees two cases on the ground. So it's my case and his case. Because Tom's case, he had already opened it into the two separate bricks, and they were in a bag to the side, so he couldn't see them. So he sees these two cases. He's like, what's this? And I'm like, I didn't open yet. I was waiting for you. He's like... Are you serious? And then, and then Tom tells him that he hasn't opened his either. He's like, "Are you kidding me?" He's like, "I I, I don't even know how you did that. If if the if the roles have been reversed, I already would have opened them by now. I already would have been done." And he's just like, "How did you do that?" And he starts to tell the story of how they were driving over from where Amber works, and we had given them instructions on how to get to our house from her work. And apparently, I guess they they missed a cutoff or whatever, and they were just making illegal turns. And he's just like, "I just need I need to get there. I, this needs to happen. I need to do this." Because he just couldn't wait any longer. He had spent like the day trying to busy himself, not thinking about the Heroclux. He was just so excited to open. And then so finally he was there in the house. And so we all go up to the our main um, dining room table. And I bring my wife down. And we're like, okay, we're all going to open these together. And uh, that's basically where Clicksmith really started taking off for us. Because uh, although I think, no, I can't remember exactly when it happened. I think it's right around this time. Maybe a little bit earlier, where I'd gotten a call from Leon, and you know, it'd been like, I, I've started opening. Actually, this is before Nate got there, because he's like, I've started opening. I've opened my team bases. And I'm like, oh, really? What'd you get? Because you got two cases. He's like, well, I got X-Men Blue. I'm like, oh, that's good. Uh, and I believe he said, I got new mutants, but I got two Imperial Guard. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. I mean, it it's always sucks when you get two team bases. I mean, uh, that's not really ideal. It's hard to trade away sometimes. And Imperial Guard, people aren't really sure how they feel about it, because although the Gladiator is awesome, the other characters, although very unique and probably will never be seen again, not necessarily barn burners in terms of people being that excited about playing those figures. Um, So he was kind of bummed, and he's like, you know, are you opening? What do you got? And I'm like, oh, we're waiting for Leon. Uh, Sorry, we're waiting for Nate. He's like, are you kidding me? What are you, what? And like, he just couldn't believe it. He was just like, almost just frustrated with us for the even idea that we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't be opening. So, as I said, so finally we all sat down at the table and there's a flurry of plastic and uh, Nate was just super excited. Obviously the first thing we all opened up was the team bases. Uh, myself, I pulled the, uh, the brother Brotherhood and Hellfire duo, well not duo, but combo pack. So you get uh, both of those smaller team dials, as well as getting X-Men Blue. And then, now I'm going to screw this up, and I apologize, but it's only because there was a flurry of trading activity. Uh, but New Mutants was pulled, I believe, by Nate. Uh, Excalibur was pulled by Tom. Tom also pulled X-Men Blue. And uh, uh, I believe Nate pulled X-Men Gold. Uh, so, it, and then there was a flurry of activity because I believe Excalibur traded hands and went into... Uh, to Nate's hands, and then uh, and suddenly um, Tom ended up with the New Mutants, uh, and then we went through, and, you know, the, like you do, pulling up uh, you know all the characters in the set. Now it's interesting because with Spider-Man, the biggest thing for me was getting all those chases, or not all the chases, but the Four Slingers chases. Those are the ones that was really my priority. That's above all else. That's what I want. I didn't care about anything else. Well, for Nate, really, the Phoenix Five is his his main ballywick. Um, I'm not really sure why, and I'm sure he could tell me if he was here. Um, part of it's the like obviously that they look really nice. Uh, you'll never see these again, most likely. Like they'll never. I mean, a lot of the other characters that you'll see in the set, the, there's a likelihood of them somehow redoing them at some point. But there's a low likelihood of ever doing the Phoenix Five again. Although that might not be true because obviously 
Now, I haven't read all the articles yet, but uh, Leon called me late, earlier this, this evening and saying there's something going on with an Avengers uh, versus X-Men upcoming event of some kind. So I haven't looked into that yet, so I won't be commenting on that during this particular episode. Um, anyway, so he really wants these Phoenix Five. So, I mean, he pulled, I believe, Cyclops. And uh, then later on, again, I wish I knew the chronology of all the trades because yeah, Tom and Tom and uh, Nate were just trading really quickly because there's, uh, you know, they were both very much like, let's get, let's get her done. Um, and by the end of the day, uh, Nate had the Cy- Phoenix Cyclops, uh, Phoenix Five, uh, Emma Frost, and he had also traded... Uh, for my Cyclops uh, Phoenix Force uh, because the idea being Phoenix 5, sorry the idea being that it would be relatively easy for him to make a one-for-one trade to someone else for uh, for one of the Phoenix 5 chases so that he could get quicker to getting 05 Um, myself, I mean just to kind of look at what SRs I ended up with uh, I ended up with uh, let's see here well, first of all I was really excited about getting the uh, Brotherhood uh, team base, just because I really wanted the Quicksilver. Scarlet Witch, not as much, and White Queen, not as much, but really it was the Quicksilver more than anything that I really wanted. Um, and so I was pretty happy with the team base. I wasn't sure how I'd feel about it, but it's nice to actually have... I would probably... I've never actually used the team base together, but I do like theme teams, and it's very likely that I would use, maybe not the Brotherhood, but I would definitely use the Hellfire. I think they they would just look awesome together. Uh, X-Men Blue, not as excited as X-Men Gold, uh, but still pretty exciting. I wasn't, I, I didn't feel like I really wanted Excalibur. Um, Imperial Guard I would have been okay with, though. Um, wasn't, wasn't really into New Mutants either, like not really needing that one. So I was pretty happy with the ones I ended up getting, uh, all things considered. Uh, SR-wise, um, this was kind of an interesting, uh, I guess, turn of events. Uh, so the one of the... The ones I talked about previously to actually opening with uh, Tom, and I think we talked about this on a podcast in the past, was that if he got Exodus and I got X-Men, we would do a... Sorry. If I pulled Exodus, he got X-Men, we would do a one-for-one trade right up. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't quite end up happening, although I did end up pulling uh, an SR that he wanted. Um, and now uh, I'm like the worst t- storyteller because apparently I have no idea what actually happened. Uh, let me just check here checking uh today's or not today's just checking the uh all the uh the list of the srs because i can't even remember what the hell i traded for uh for mikhail rasputin it was something i don't know i mean i have most of the srs now but i can't for the life of me remember what it was anyways i traded i got mikhail rasputin because he was actually a pretty big want for me um so tom had pulled him and didn't really feel as strongly about needing him and i definitely did so thankfully i was able to get that off of him um, man, I love the Mikhail Rasputin. I think he's just really cool. He's, he does some interesting stuff. Um, he's definitely just an interesting character. And um, it felt like a 90s explosion with the characters I wanted the most. And, uh, yeah, I'm super pumped about it. I can't wait to use him. Oh, it was M. I pulled M. And it would be nice to have X-Factor, but at the same time, I'd much rather have Mikhail Rasputin. So I did easily made that trade. Um, and then I also pulled Lalandra. I didn't even notice I pulled her. Uh, my wife and I were the ones kind of opening up my case, and she, I guess somehow that kind of went unspoken or just unnoticed. So I was like, I don't think I got that many SRs, and I was looking through all my character cards. I'm like, oh, that Lalandra. Okay, like I wasn't super excited about getting her, but um, she's an interesting character in terms of the playability with the other Shi'ar, etc. So I'm kind of kind of stoked about that, especially the more I think about it. Um, I now this was. To be honest, maybe I traded down a little. I got, as I said, the Phoenix Five Cyclops, and ended up doing a trade with Nate for X Men, who's an SR. Uh, they're probably not really worth the same, but I did the trade for that. I also, he, he did also throw in, uh, I believe, a rare I was missing, or maybe a common or uncommon, uh, which was Kid Omega. And then I threw in uh, Spider Man Twenty Nine Nine that I recently pulled an extra of, and then I was able to get uh, the Jubilee, um, who I only really wanted because. I got the X-Men Blue team base, and so I would like to be able to field the X-Men Blue all together. So that's the only real reason I really wanted Jubilee. Um, it was funny because we were, uh, this is 
total click stay kind of thing where, where you're with your buddies and you're you're haggling over stuff and you're you're both trying to get the right deal and uh his wife was kind of saying like no i want to keep jubilee and and uh nate's like no no i kind of want to trade him he's like do you have anything else anything else you you want to throw in or sweeten it and I just look at him i'm like spider-man 2099 because i know him for a while he was interested in him but you know, like he didn't really want to buy them at the time, and he's like, "Well, maybe we could work something out." So we just kind of kept it on the back burner. And he, compl- I guess, maybe at least for this moment, he was only thinking Wolverine and the X Men. It was Tunnel Vision just for Wax, and then he was like, "Done," you know. And so uh, that's just how deals are done on Clicks Day. Uh, my favorite thing—I'll interrupt my own discussion of my SRs. Uh, is uh, there was a, a, a pretty interesting haggle that went through, and I don't remember exactly what it was, but basically uh, uh, Leon had pulled two chase uh, Phoenix Five because he had two cases. Uh, he had pulled, I believe, the Magic and the Colossus, and obviously Nate really wanted them. Now, what's interesting about this to me is that usually on Clicks Day in the past, Leon has been the most organized. He opens up all his stuff. He knows exactly what he has SR-wise. And then he's very quick to make deals. Uh, he's very, like, fast-paced. Let's do it. Let's do it. He'll make crazy deals. Uh, he'll offer way too much sometimes. But he just it's all part of this release day mentality of i got to have it all and i got to have it now because this, this is the day. Even though, really, you could wait and you don't have to do it all at once. But he gets overtaken by this, this, the, this desire. Like, I remember one time, uh, I think it was DC-75, he'd pulled duplicate cases both cases he bought were exactly the same so he just he couldn't let it stand like that so he went back to it and bought another case uh just because he he couldn't stand to leave it like that again it's this opening day release day mentality for hero clicks that sometimes you go a little nuts um but this time what was interesting to me is that it wasn't leon being the more aggressive one it was it was nate uh which is really i think threw leon off his game um, it was interesting just hearing at least one half of the conversation because Nate's tr- basically saying, okay, I will give you the Excalibur team base. I will give you the X-Men Gold team base. Uh, I want your two chases. And then I believe he was going to throw in Mojo and I think Warstar. Warstar to complete the Imperial Guard that uh, Leon had pulled as one of his team bases. And uh, it was interesting to hear the back and forth. Now, I honest, I personally believe that uh, well, uh, that he Nate was offering too much uh, for what the actual value of the chases is. Although, really, no one really knows what the actual value of these are going to be yet. Um, but I, I was surprised uh, that, that Leon said no. But I understand it. I mean, first of all, if someone's aggressively trading for something, and at the end of the day, like, when you're a collector and you need it all anyway, you do start to think about what is going to be easier to buy later. Um you know, what, what is going to be a little bit less hassle? What can I wait a long, longer? Um, there's a lot of different factors that come in for collectors because, I mean, Nate is very much he wants what he wants, and that's it for Heroclix, which is, makes him at, sometimes have a, a better position because he know he's not looking to have everything, whereas uh, Leon, for the most part, has been a, a, a very you know dedicated collector. For the prime kind of Heroclix stuff, he has, for the most part, will get everything. Uh, or at least has in the past. Uh, so it was just interesting to see this uh, weird back and forth over the phone of, you know, like Leon thinking about it and then calling back and then, then haggling some more and then calling back. And at one point, um, they they hung up and then Nate and I haggled over our deal and that gave uh, Nate the extra Cyclops Phoenix 5 member. And then uh, then he was like trying to do the one for one. It's like, okay, if you won't do all this, what if you do the one for one? And uh, just give me one of your chases. So I'd be interested to see if they end up doing any of these trades uh, in the meantime. But it was it was quite uh, a good example of the kind of uh, lunacy that takes hold on Clicks Day because you want your pieces and you want to have as much as possible. You and you want you want to get everything, you know, or, um, or at least get all the characters you really wanted. I know that Nate and Amber were really sad. They didn't actually get a gambit. Two cases, no gambit. Um, well, I mean, I had two cases. Sorry, not two cases. They both had a case, or one case combined. And even in my case, I mean, that's two bricks. And I didn't get a Kid Omega, nor did I get Hope Summers. So I am missing one rare from the set, but otherwise I have everything else uh, of the CUR. Uh, and then with the SRs, I mean, because I ended up trading a fair bit um, and, and getting rid of a chase, I mean, I ended up with, you know, I think I pulled five SRs, but I ended up uh, basically with... Uh, uh, seven of them, 
which was which was nice. I mean, it was interesting. Like, it, it felt like I was missing more than I actually was, and it was a weird feeling because I think I just really wanted Exodus as much as I had obviously committed that I would give Tom my Exodus if he got X Men. Uh, I really thought I would I would get. Uh, the trifecta for me, which was Mikhail, Exodus, and X-Men. Uh, I didn't, and for some reason that threw me off, because I actually did really well on SRs. I mean, I didn't get Phoenix, but I wasn't wasn't that really all that upset about it. Uh, I wasn't really caring about getting the Excalibur team base, and I didn't get it anyway. Um, so I didn't really feel like I needed her. Um, I don't know, and I don't really care for much her care for her as much as a character and it's not like it's in any way looks like the version of the character that's part of the Wolverine and the X-Men book as a as a, a professor at, this, at the current school this is very much her as the Phoenix when she was on Excalibur so I feel like I didn't really need it uh, with Warlock again I didn't get the New Mutants team base and I'm less likely to ever use Warlock if, it, if he wasn't with the other New Mutants and again I without having the team base and not really getting the more important new mutants so I was okay with not getting those so those two SRs alone I didn't really care about and then I had Jubilee and Warstar and Black Queen and Mojo and X-Men and Lalandra and uh, Mikhail and, and uh, so I was only missing a handful uh, but it, it was a weird kind of feeling because I felt like I was missing so much more uh, I don't know why I felt that way I think it's also the fact that you know it's there's so many characters in the set that so many you're not going to get unless you're going to get more team bases. Um, and because I didn't really want to get more than just the two that were coming in my case, I didn't want to spend more money on more super boosters, lest I lest I end up you know with getting a duplicate, which is you know the worst thing that could happen with the team base because they're hard to get rid of, or at least they seem to be. Um, actually, that brings it back to Leon. He had these two Imperial Guards, and he was just like come on, come on, I'll give you Imperial Guard. And, and he's just like, no, I don't care, but I'll give you the War Star to complete yours. Like, uh, Although, speaking of War Star, mine was broken. Uh, I thought it was just like part of the switch click mechanic, but there was actually, like, I don't know what happened, but it actually was actually broken um, right at the base, which is unfortunate. Uh, because I'm actually, I mean, I didn't get the Imperial Guard, so I'm, I may not use them that often, um, but... I'm actually kind of excited to use Warstar just because I think the whole mechanic of having him having um, his little buddy is actually really cool, uh, Bene, uh, which is really neat. Um, so I can't wait to use that. So yeah, uh, Prime wise, uh, let's see. I think uh, oh, I think maybe Tom got the Deathlock, uh, which I think ended up with Nate um, by the end of the day. Uh, I think uh, I think it actually was a, maybe it was a prime trade because I know that the Magneto Prime was pulled by Nate, who did not give a damn at all, and then traded to Tom. Uh, the more I thought about, it, the more I kind of wish I had that that Prime. Um, I ended up with the um, Deathbird Prime, who's fine, but I just don't care a lot about Cerise as a character. Uh, I don't think, and again, I don't have um, Excalibur, so I'm, I don't have you know the characters that she would work well with. Uh, because they would have been in the book together. But um, combinations I'm really excited about using. Actually, before I go on further, I should mention uh, the, the game we ended up playing and because we decided not to do the podcast or at least push off the podcast and then end up getting delayed indefinitely and me doing this solo one. Uh, we did a quick game, four-player game, on the uh, we on a, one of the new maps, and uh, I believe it was the, the Wilderness. Um because uh, we, we had a copy of the map from a, a SEAL tournament recently, uh, well, last night. Um, and uh, it was actually kind of a fun map to use. Now, I had really at randomly decided, you know what, I'm going to do uh, a Mojoverse team. So I used Mojo, uh, Longshot, and Dazzler. Because uh, I figured, you know what, Mojo I got as an SR. I didn't really feel like I needed Mojo, and I felt like I might trade him away. So I thought, well, I'll give it a shot. I'll give him a shot before I trade him away, because I'm open to doing so. Um, and then uh, Amber had used the uh, cheaper versions of uh, Scott Summers, and, uh, Phoenix Five version, obviously, and Emma Frost. Um, and uh, the New Mutants were used by Tom, not the team dial, but just uh, the new, new Mutants themselves. And uh, a, a few Excalibur members were used by Nate. One thing we definitely learned: Megan is way overpriced. Uh, she doesn't do much. She died pretty quickly. Uh, but what we did learn is Mojo is surprisingly outstanding. Um, 
I mean, using the Mojoverse team, basically, I mean, we actually had decided that we weren't going to use uh, theme probs, but we were just going to restrict it to regular probs or whatever, just to keep things a little simple. We wanted to keep it a regular, fast-paced game. Um, but uh, Mojo, Longshot, and Dazzle together are kind of brutal. First of all, I hadn't really maybe looked at Mojo's power on his uh, first couple clicks before as uh, thoroughly as I should have, which was the smile you're on camera um, power, because uh, it basically says, other characters with the celebrity keyword modify their attack values by plus one. Well, when you're playing a Mojoverse team with Longshot and Dazzler, they both have celebrities, so as long as you're in the first few few clicks, they're always getting plus one of their attack bios, and it was nice that no one else on the map happened to um, to have the celebrity keyword, so they didn't get that bonus either. And then uh, it also says, opposing characters that aren't within Mojo's range and line of fire modify their attack bias by minus one, which is brutal. Like, I had never really looked at that before. And basically, like, there's a lot of other things going on in the game, but I didn't really want to move Mojo out because it was beneficial that he kind of be away from other people. Um, you know, and I, it was a lot of, you know, interesting uh, ways to place him, and he was basically screwing over everyone else on the board because... Uh, they were constantly at minus one to their attack just because they weren't within you know range and line of fire of Mojo, and it was actually pretty awesome. And uh, at one point, um, uh, Nate was like, "You know what? Screw this! I don't want Mojo to be around. I'm going to use my Nightcrawler because he got used it from the Excalibur team base. Sorry, team dial. He had gotten the new Nightcrawler, and he decided I'm going to bamf over to you basically, and I'm going to I'm going to take you out. I'm going to take on uh, on Mojo. Uh, so he comes over and he misses." And I guess, and this is, you know, I hadn't actually told anyone, because I hadn't looked at the power, to be honest, but I was looking at the power and I realized, oh, you missed. Well, this means that there's a trait. And uh, he's like, well, what's that? And I'm like, when an opposing character targets Mojo with an attack and misses, modify that character's damage value by minus two until after they next hit an opposing character with an attack. Well, he almost, Nate almost lost it. He's like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, his, suddenly his Nightcrawler, who I believe starts with three damage, was doing one damage. So basically it was useless. Um, and he's like, you've got to be kidding me. He's like, that, and this was kind of a running theme for the game. He just got so annoyed at, at Mojo seemingly being able to do whatever he wants that he was just like, yeah, whatever. Mojo does it. Yeah, of course, Mojo does it. Why not? Uh, although it did make him feel better when I told him that the power of that trait was called X-Baby. So he's like, okay, fine. You turn him into an X-Baby. Um, at one point, he, uh, Captain Britain had come in to try and hit me, and he missed, and then he went down, and I think he had three damage at the time, and then I hit him, and he went down to a natural two damage uh, with, like, hypersonic, and he was, like, knocked back or something. And at that point, basically, uh, he had <laughs> zero damage because of this trait, which is really brutal. Um, interestingly enough, there's actually a power that Mojo has that I never really used, or even really knew how to use, uh, which was give Mojo a free action, this is a trait, and choose an opposing character within range and line of fire. That character can't move adjacent to Mojo or into either the new, the row or column Mojo occupies until your next turn. This power can't be countered. And now that I think of it, I could have screwed over um, a Quicks, uh, not a Quicksilver, um, uh, the Nightcrawler that was pinging around. Uh, but I hadn't really thought of it because, you know, it seems like very situational and not that hard to use, not that easy to use, but I think it's actually really easy to use. Um, so Mojo was kind of an MVP because he, he, was, he wasn't like he was game-breaking. He wasn't overly powerful. Um, he was just annoying. And to be honest, that is Mojo. Mojo shouldn't be, like, he's basically the best, one of the best ex-villains in the game of Heroclix right now because of the impact he has on the game and positioning, etc. Because, you know, suddenly not having, as long as you don't, he doesn't have line of fire to you, you having minus one to your attack is huge. And if you do miss him, on the first click it's a 17 defense with energy shield. Second click it's 18 with energy shield. And he has prob both clicks. If you miss... Uh, minus two your damage is a huge modifier. Like, I'm surprised, and Nate mentioned this numerous times, I'm surprised Mojo doesn't have a limitation to make it a minimum of one. So technically, like, you can make your your damage zero just because you missed, and it doesn't go back until you hit a character successfully. Well, that's kind of a kick in the nuts because now I have to go to the trouble of hitting someone correctly, but I won't do anything because my damage is now zero. Um... So Mojo is probably my MVP, but at the same time, Dazzler and Longshot, just by being on the team with uh, with Mojo, were getting plus one of their attack the entire game, as long, well, not the entire game, but as long as Mojo was on his first few clicks, which was brutal. I mean, uh, 
And the fact that they don't even have to be adjacent, they just have to be anywhere in the map and they get that bonus. Plus, obviously, if you put Longshot and Dazzler next to each other, they get an additional plus one of their attacks. So there's often times where, you know, Dazzler and Longshot would have, like, 12 attacks just running around hitting people. And then also you have uh, Longshot's, uh, you know, automatical critical hits, which was amazing. Like, I was... I didn't win the game. Uh, at the end of the day, it ended up being a little bit of a, uh, a three-way team-up because... They just couldn't quite take out Longshot, Dazzler, and Mojo because there's two probs. I mean, they're pretty brutal pieces. Um, and plus, you know, Mojo kept making people next babies. Uh, at one point, Nightcrawler was next baby. Captain Britain was next baby. So I mean, that's pretty brutal. Um, but the the uh, the winner of the day was definitely the uh, I believe actually it was the Phoenix Five. Now that I realize it. I actually had, I had to leave the room for a little bit uh, after I was summarily eliminated. Um, but uh, no, it, you know, it was a it was a really good fun game. Um, I don't think Excalibur necessarily did that well. I think Captain Britain is a tough character to make work because you kind of need him to always kind of be in his home area, or his home quadrant. Uh, one thing Nate had mentioned, and I do agree with, is that it seems weird that a character like I think was it Sunspot who has uh, Indomitable, but somehow they didn't give that to Captain Britain when Captain Britain is, well, I mean, first of all, much more Indomitable than Sunspot. But uh, also, it's kind of a major facet of his character as well, that he is kind of supposed to be that kind of protector, that leader. Uh, why wouldn't he be indomitable? Um, and as Nate had said, well, at least give him indomitable in his own home sector. I mean, that's where he gets his most strength. Like, that's where he's at his, at his height of his powers. Um, so it just seemed weird not to allow him to be able to do that, even in his home quadrant. Uh, which is really unfortunate, and I think it would have made him a lot more playable. That being said, I mean, Nate was just very, you know, this is your first time using a lot of these characters, you're just excited, you're not really playing, you're thinking about strategy, you're just trying to getting out there. Um, so I think that was kind of Nate's downfall, because he had charged across the map, and, and uh, Mojo was not going to have any of that. Um, so I'm just, I think I might actually hold on to Mojo now, because I kind of want to go to a tournament and just use the Mojoverse team. They probably won't do well, but I mean, you do have Dazzler with her precision strike. You have Longshot dealing out critical hits. You have Mojo with the first click of enhancement, and then he clicks into prop. Um, and you have his ability to make people into ex-babies. Uh, you also have, um, you know, the fact that he's helping the celebrities and minus when everyone else's attack if they can't see Mojo. Uh, it's pretty crazy. So I think I might actually keep him, which, I mean, before today, I probably would not have thought about it. One thing I would like to do, spend a few minutes on is uh, just kind of doing a compare and contrast to uh, the characters who are both in the Gravity feed for Wolverine and the X-Men, which came out a few weeks ago, uh, about three weeks ago actually, um, with their regular set counterparts. Um, so obviously the first one to look at would be Wolverine. Um, I'm actually not sure which one I like more. Um, obviously the main set one has the... Um, the Invincible, which definitely keeps him in the game a lot longer, whereas the Gravity Feed Wolverine starts with kind of a bare dial. Um, but the Gravity Feed Wolverine is a is an indomitable character, whereas the, uh, again the uh, the regular set one um, at the beginning of each turn is healing one damage, which is pretty important as well. Uh, so it's kind of a hard decision. But then he also doesn't have actual regen, uh, whereas then the Gravity Feed Wolverine has regeneration and toughness as a trait and then also has a, a, a power near the end of his dial where he gets the, uh, at the beginning of your turn he may use regeneration as a free action um, so I kind of I'm torn between the two and which one if I had to, you know uh, keep one or the other I'm not really sure which one I would pick um, obviously if I wanted to use it on an Alpha Flight team and obviously we're getting more Alpha Flight with the Iron Man set coming out later in the year I would use the main set one I see as the alpha flight keyword. Um, let's see. The uh, gravity feed has the... They both have X-Men. Uh, Weapon X is on both of them. Uh, Animal is only on the main set. And uh, Avengers is only on the gravity feed. And Brute is on the gravity feed. And X-Force is on the gravity feed. So it, they do kind of give you different possibilities in terms of what kind of uh, keyworded teams you might use them with. Um... And then uh, the second character in the gravity feed was the Colossus. Um, I don't think there's any real question on that one that 
Uh, if I could only use one of the Colossuses, I would probably use the bigger one. Um, I'm just going to uh, look at the dials here one more time. Uh, I mean, with the Gravity Feed one, you're getting a lot more kind of bang for the buck, I think, because you start off with the Invincible, you have a few clicks of it throughout. You have Invincible, then you have two clicks of uh, Impervious, then two clicks of Invincible, then three clicks of uh, Invulnerability. And, I mean, he's charging to begin with. Um, if he's next to um, Kitty Pride, he gets plus one to his defense. Uh, I think he's just a little bit more what people would have expected, I guess. Um, whereas the 100.1, he does start with the Invincible, and he does have uh, Indomitable. But, I don't know, I find him a little bit more boring. And then having him have him power, um, I kind of prefer the one who's more expensive. Even though, I mean, he's not necessarily hor like so much better. But, I don't know, I kind of prefer him in comparison. I don't know. He just feels a little bit more, a little bit more mighty. And uh, looking at his character card, I mean, his flurry is this is how this is how we do in Russian Mother Russia. Uh, I kind of like that, and um, that's more interesting to me. I'm not as interested in the. Um, I guess that's right. They both have a nominal in the hundred point one. Although he is still very good, I just find the other one more interesting. Uh, even though he's maybe a little overpriced in comparison with the other one, only being a hundred points. Um, and then next one in the gravity feed was Havoc. Uh, and now Havoc, I mean, they... I'm, I'm just very glad with the Havoc. I mean, obviously the Havoc we had in the past wasn't by any means bad. Um, now, I do like the regular set one for one defining feature is that he actually has the, uh, the Summer's Brother um, trait, which is basically protecting him from Cyclops' uh, range attacks. Uh, and... I like that the regular set Havoc and Cyclops sort of play off each other that way. Um, I just think it's a really nice mechanic to have. It's sad that the um, the ones that are in the Gravity Feed do not have that. Obviously, the regular set one has that running shot Psychic Blast. He also has the uh, Power of Freeze next to Polaris. So he gets a plus one to his attack value. Um, and, he, and he also has the kind of uh, that Plasma Discharge power, which is really cool. Uh, so he's pretty awesome. And I really do like that sculpt. I think it's actually a really nice piece of work. But then you have the other one has, you know, running shot, um, uh, what's it called, uh, a sharpshooter, and he's uh, he's a wild card, which is interesting. Energy shield, deflection, and toughness. Uh, he's an interesting character. I'm not thinking about it. I probably would use the main set one more, just because he starts with that running shot psychic blast, although his damage potential isn't as high. Um, but it really, it's all a matter of taste as well. Uh, obviously, um, they, neither of them have the X-Men team ability, which is weird. Uh, the one in the gravity feed has the Starjammers, X-Factor, and X-Men keywords, whereas the other one, the regular set one, is Brotherhood of Mutants, which makes sense as well. He's got Starjammers still, X-Factor, X-Men, and also has Avengers. So it means if you're going to use the current Uncanny Avengers squad, you would use this uh, regular set version of Havoc, whereas the other one does not quite work, which is interesting. I know that the, the colors they put on them don't matter anymore. It's just interesting that the one that has the, the red or the old-school veteran version would actually be the Gravity Feed, when really, based on the keywords, it should be the one in the regular set who is blue for the purposes of... Uh, rarity, or uh, which is just kind of a weird kind of thing to still have there. Um, then uh, next up would be uh, Shadowcat. Um, so the one in the gravity feed is seventy points, and then the uh, and I think she is just the the much more comic accurate one, and probably the one I'd be more likely to use in most cases. Um, obviously, the other one is only fifty six points. Um, and, and plays differently, but what I like about the, the Gravity Feed one is that she's you know she's got uh, that disruption power, which she can use incapacitate, and when she's given a move action, after actions resolve, she can use incapacitate as a free action to make a close combat attack, and she targets all opposing characters occupying the square she moved through that have the armor, robot, or vehicle keywords. That is Kitty Pride. That is what she does. That is totally a Shadowcat thing. Um, it makes her very comic accurate. Uh, whereas the other one is not really as interesting at all. She's just kind of, you know, ignoring what elevated blocking and hindering, but not characters for some reason, even though she phases. And she's just transporting with like a slow movement and uh, and stealth. Uh, I find the regular set one much more boring. Whereas the gravity feed, 
is everything you kind of wanted from them. Uh, and then next up from the Gravity Feed is our good friend uh, Jamie Medrox, otherwise known as the Multiple Man. With Multiple Man, it does feel like the um, the one in the Gravity Feed is kind of like having the prized one from before, where the Gravity Feed one is a little bit harder to use, and these that weirder finesse piece is kind of almost supposed to be like the leader of the Multiple Man, the way he's kind of set up to be. Um, I probably would just use the regular set uh, Multiple Man. I think he's a little bit more interesting, uh, especially with the uh, you know 75 points for the first one, 25 points for the other ones. Uh, just in terms of how they're playing or the playability of them, I think is a lot more interesting uh, than the Gravity Feeder, which I think is actually a little bit generic. I mean, obviously, he's multiple men. He can be used effectively as generic, but I just, I don't know, I just felt he was a little too boring for me, uh, which is unfortunate because I was hoping for a little bit more from Jamie Madrox, but the, he's a hard character to really make work in Heroclix, for sure. Next up in the Gravity Feed is the Shi'ar Guard, or uh, his um, counterpart in the regular side, which is the Shi'ar Soldier. Um, you know what? I want both of them, uh, because the Shi'ar Guard is great, because he's got, you know, he's really cheap, and he's got that charge. But then, you have the Shi'ar Soldier, and he actually packs a lot of punch for 45 points. He's got a longer dial than you'd expect. He does more damage than you'd expect. Um, and he, they just kind of, and they work nicely with their minion power with, uh, I mean, with the Shi'ar Guard from the Gravity Feed, uh, they have the In the Name of the Queen, which is when Shi'ar Guard is within eight squares of a higher point character with the Shi'ar keyword, Shi'ar Guard can use willpower and modifies its defense value by plus one, which makes him even better. Whereas the other Shi'ar Soldier has another power under direct orders. When a friendly character with a higher point value in the Shi'ar keyword is within eight squares, modify Shi'ar, uh, sorry, Shi'ar Soldier's attack value by plus one. If that character has the Imperial Guard keyword, Shi'ar Soldier can use the Police Team ability. If that character is named Alondra, Shi'ar Soldier can use the Shield Team ability. I'm wondering, if you had multiple friendly characters with a higher point value in the Shi'ar keyword within eight squares, um, is it only the one off-friendly character, not one friendly characters? I'd have to see, can it activate on, if you had, you know, a higher point... um, I don't know, if you had Lalandra and Gladiator, would you be able to get the bonuses for both in terms of, like, having the shield team ability and the other team ability? I'm, I'm curious to see, but, you know, I, I don't think it's a matter of choosing which one's better in this case because I think uh, they're both, they both play differently and they're just both kind of cool. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we got some more Shi'ar generics. Uh, I really enjoy them. I mean, I... The old ones were pretty crazy because they're really cheap at one point, um, or they're sort of not cheap, but they're very cost-effective in terms of the point costs, uh, which was really good. Uh, next up is uh, Toad. Um, toad, Toad, Toad. Uh, I don't think I'm ever going to use the Gravity Feed Toad. Uh, I don't think he's that all that interesting. Uh, although Toad, I mean, the, the character deserves a little bit more respect than I think he usually gets. Uh, but these clicks aren't that interesting. Uh, the 67.1 just doesn't do enough. Yes, he's got leap climb and sidestep like all the time, but I don't know, and plasticity, which is nice. But at the same time, like he doesn't just doesn't really do much. I mean, that being said, you can't really say that the other one can really do a lot either. Um, I mean, but he's a little bit less points. He's only 40 points, and at the end of his dial, there's a good chance he could really hit someone. Uh, but really, up until Click five, he's basically just a tie-up piece. But you're also paying 40 points and getting six uh, six clicks. Whereas with uh, you know the Amazing Spider-Man set, you get the common number one Spider-Man, only six clicks of life for 100 points. So, I mean, sometimes it's not what you think it is. Um, the next up from the Gravity Feed was Cyber, uh, who's 167 points. Uh, you know, I, I I I really was expecting a little bit more from either Cyber. I didn't quite get what I expected, um, so I'm not all that interested in even talking about it. Jean Grey, you need to have the one in the Gravity Feed. Uh, the regular set one is a waste of time. Uh, basically, if you bought Marvel 10 and you got uh, the Jean Grey uh, Marvel Girl, that's basically what you're getting, but what you get in the regular set is almost, it feels like worse. Whereas the one in the Gravity Feed is 100 points, can use Running Shot as a flyer, and when she uh, when she does use Running Shot, her speed value is not decreased by the carry ability, and she may carry up to three characters if they share a keyword with her. Holy crap, that's awesome. Um, 
she just blows away the competition. It's not even a question of which one is better, um, which is kind of sad because you kind of you you want to have good viable options, and having a character that like blatantly better uh, is kind of funny. Um, like, why would you ever use the other one? Why would they even create her? Uh, then you have Lady Deathstrike, and to be honest, I'm I, that's another one we're really, really split on because. It really does depend on what what you actually require in that moment because they're good. I mean, they're really good. Um, yeah. So I mean, that that was basically our uh, my quick run through of the gravity feed compared to the regular set. Um, uh, this is this set really I think lived up to a lot of its uh, people's expectations. There's some really great characters here. There's some really interesting new powers being used. Um, or ways the powers are being used in terms of special powers. So many free actions, though, it's a little disconcerting, but, I mean, it is what it is. Um, I'm just really pumped about playing with these characters. I don't know when I'm going to have a chance to play with them all, but... Um, and actually, can I just say, Shadow King, really, the sculpt, basically, they gave Shadow King legs now, whereas before he was just, you know, the energy, but that was it. Uh, it's kind of an odd decision. Um... But yeah, uh, this is a fantastic set, and uh, I'm not a huge fan still of team bases, but they look kind of nice having like the, the Brotherhood all together. Although seriously, where was Mastermind? Like, I don't know how they just don't they don't include him at all. They totally neglected him. Uh, it's really unfortunate. Um, also, I, I would like to we obviously know by now about the McCran Crystal or sorry. The Emcron Crystal. Um, we we're having a discussion, and this is totally a nerd thing, but you know, how do you pronounce it? And uh, I guess Emcron is correct. I mean, really, if you say it in a cartoon, it should be kind of um, you know the standard. So I mean, if they, they called it the uh, the Emcron Crystal in the X Men animated series in the '90s, so I guess that's what we should call it. Uh, now they call it the Emcron Crystal Sliver, but really it looks like a pretty large piece. And not only does it look like a pretty large piece, it looks like a push pop or like a ring pop. Um, and I think it's considering it's only what eight points for, and it's on a four to six, which makes it not too hard to pick up. And is a crazy relic. Now it's interesting because most relics add something to you to make you tougher. Um, I mean, just think about the relics that exist in the game right now. Uh, you have all the hammers that are all adding bonuses to give you powers, etc. Uh, you have the Crimson Gem of Sidorak, which gives you charge and toughness, and I think, what, plus one of your damage or something like that. Now you have the Emcron Crystal Sliver, and uh, it basically says, When a character would be KO'd, instead turn its dial to its last non-KO click, and then heal it of two damage, then remove the relic from the game. Um, that's crazy. That's like a get-out-of-jail-free card. I mean, I, I feel like that's the type of relic where you would build a team to have characters that... Well, let may not build it around what the relic can do, but you would definitely want to make sure that you're optimizing, you know, which characters would be best served by being on their, you know, on their basically third-last click. Um, and actually, that's an interesting game to play. You know, I'm sure people will be coming up with, you know, who's the best character to have the Emcron Crystal? And it's all based on how much, how good is that click that you can get healed up to? Uh, and it base, it's like giving yourself a stop click. Um, if you're if you were lucky, uh, you put on a character who actually has a stop click, and that you can actually then go back up beyond it. So then, when they knock you back through it, you're like, oh, I'm sorry, uh, that doesn't work. Um, I mean, that's kind of badass when you think about it. I'm um, just checking actually a dial on HD Realms. Um, I have a thought in my head, and I want to see if that would work. Um, yeah. So I would use... Uh, Dr. Light would be a great character to use. Because you get hit, you go into your stop click, which is the second last click. Then you die, um, but then you get returned to your click six, and then healed of two damage, put you back in click four. So the next time you're hit, you stop on that click five again. And then you... So you basically... You think you're... You, you know, if you do, let's say, six damage... You can't kill him, you put him on the stop click. Now you give him, you know, two, three damage, whatever. But then he gets healed by the Emcron Crystal and put back onto click four. You hit him again, he hits another stop click, and then you can finally kill him. Uh, that would suck to go up against that. But that that was the first one I thought of in my head that, that would be so badass. Um, 
I mean, it'd be extremely annoying, and I would be pretty—I'm sure the uh, any opponent would be pretty pissed off, and for good reason. Uh, but can you just imagine how crazy broken that would be? I mean, that'd be super frustrating because uh, you'd be like, really, you know, just die already. You know, there's some of these characters that are already annoying enough. Um, actually, even worse than that, I guess, would be any White Lantern. Because, again, they already have the stop click, and now, after the stop click, they um, they have to, you know, after you kill them after the stop click having already happened, then they get healed up, and then you got to go back to the start, start click, uh, sorry, stop click. It would be extremely frustrating. Actually, what makes uh, the White Lanterns even worse is uh, they, have, they could put them into the stop click. If they have a chance, they'll do regen. If it fails, well, the next time you try to kill them, it'll knock them, you know, uh, past. Actually, in some cases, what I would almost do is that if it came down to it, is that if I was using, let's say, White Lantern Bart, Bart uh, Allen, someone knocks me into my last click, I stop, obviously. I would then roll for regen. That would actually be best case because then you heal up, they hit you again, you go back to the stop. Uh, I would almost push to regen as well because what do you really got to lose at that point? If you heal up, then you'll have to get pushed back to the, uh, to the stop click. Uh, if you fail, then you die, but then you get brought back on, you know, click five, and then that person has to go, whoever's fighting you, has to go back through uh, the stop click once more, which is extremely frustrating. Um, it's those little touches that make the game a little bit more annoying sometimes. Um, so, uh, so that's, I mean, that was that was Clicksmas. I mean, we had we only had time for one game, but it was a lot of fun, regardless of. Uh, Mojo being a real pain in the ass to everyone else. Um, you know, I maybe I wasn't giving Mojo enough respect. I do think that the problem with using a, a Mojoverse team of just being Longshot, Dazzler, and Mojo and not using uh, De- uh, Spiral, he sh- she who should not be named or used, um, is that they are relatively soft dials. But you do have a lot of penetrating. Uh, the fact that Longshot is always doing critical hits, the fact that Mojo has clicks of Psychic Blast uh, and usually does at least 3 damage. The fact that you have Dazzler with a, a bunch of clicks of having Precision Strike. Um, what was nice actually about playing the game as well today is that really getting to experience these pink powers because now we have Invincible which is such an awesome power. Really, really cool. It really changes the complexion of the game in certain ways. Uh, so you have, um, you have that, you have Precision Strike which was used a couple times. You also have sidestep, which was used a couple times, and just remembering that it's a, you know the, this how it works in the wording um, is going to take some getting used to because as as much as we've had the pack for a while, we haven't been using these powers. Um, one power we obviously haven't used at all yet, or didn't see yet today was uh, empower. Um, so I mean, at some point I'll see empower used, but. I feel like I, it just feels like everyone's gotten pink powers. Like it's crazy. The proliferation of pink powers is a little on the excessive side. But um, you would have thought with a new power they'd be a little bit more diligent at, at, at more of a slow roll, uh, slowly rolling out. Anyway, so that's going to be the episode. It's only been about an hour, but I mean, I can only imagine how boring this must be for just me talking on and on. I hope in the coming maybe even days maybe I hope to have a chance to uh, maybe do something over Skype with uh, with Nathan uh, so we can talk a little bit more about this set do another Talking Hero Clicks episode um, I'm hoping that we can do these I mean obviously I'm, I have I have a child in the way so I may not be able to do them as more for, as frequently but I'd love to um, once we have Skype up and rolling and uh, we're doing it on a more consistent basis I'd love to do more common uh, Hero Clicks episodes again uh, especially because you know the, the show itself is going through a bit of a transition right now um, in terms of scheduling and I'm not really sure how often special episodes are going to be coming out or even how in-depth or common or frequent the uh, the reviews episodes will be so we're we are at a in a period of trans- transition here at comic shenanigans but uh, we are still committed to trying to give you some great content uh, whenever we are able to provide it um, so this has been episode 102 um, Talking Hero Clicks, Clicksmas Edition. 
Uh, I'm your host, Adam Chapman. Uh, again, you can always email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, or I'm, I really can't stress how important this is. Please um, you know, give us a rating on uh, rating or review on iTunes. That would be really appreciated. Uh, also, if you could post in our HC Realms thread, that would be great as well. Uh, just to get a discussion going. To try and, we're trying to build the audience for the show. Uh, try and build interest, uh, especially in our Clicks episodes, which, generally speaking, are our, our best-performing episodes. Anyway, so thank you for joining me for this episode, um, and hopefully we'll be able to have Nathan on an episode uh, in the near future, and maybe even uh, whenever I have a chance to have uh, Leon uh, stop by the house, uh, maybe I can get him to do a few minutes on a podcast as well, talk about his own experiences with opening Wolverine the X-Men, what his own thoughts were on the set, and also on the things that are coming up soon, because obviously there's a lot of stuff that is coming up, but I feel like a lot of it is not quite... Uh, it isn't reaching the same level of excitement as Wolverine and the X-Men. I mean, obviously we have an Iron Man set coming out in the uh, in the fall slash winter, but I feel like there's not going to be the same level of excitement that we saw for Wolverine and the X-Men. Not not by half. Uh, well, maybe more than half, but it just won't be close. Um, also, I mean, we get previews every week for the, the new Star Trek wave, as well as uh, the Batman Classic 66 stuff. And I just feel like as much as people kind of like, kind of dig it, they're not really caring about the Dallas. But that could just be me. I mean, maybe I'm completely wrong. Every Wednesday, though, I see the Dallas, I'm like, eh. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, I remember that character, but I don't really feel like it's really speaking to me as something I really need to get. Uh, so I probably won't. Uh, anyways, that's our episode. Uh, thanks for joining us, and hopefully we'll have new episodes on the way uh, in the near future. Uh, so long. <laughs>